Hello my people, welcome to the Afrobus. This is the second part of my interview with Emma Ceruto, so glad you can listen in. And if you'd like to watch it, please be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Hope Hajir. Enjoy the show! Okay, so okay, you were doing um, architecture at the same time. Yes. And this is first year, you're creative and everything. Yeah. And you're starting to get gigs. And yeah. can I just ask you a few questions about that though? Yeah, sure. So, for those of you guys who are watching, and you've probably thought of start, starting a side hustle, right? I think that's the biggest, biggest, mm. honestly, especially if you're in your early 20s to mid-20s. Mm. The idea of investing is very difficult. How did you spend your money when you got it? How are you around your finances? In the yeah. sense that, what do you do with your, I can't call it side hustle, but what do you do with your creative income the income from your creative side now because artists be yo we are embezzling we are wilding uh, whoa uh, so at the time yeah. hmm, I'm very sad to say extremely sad to say but Jehovah, huh, Jaira, oh. you are Jaira. I was dating this guy. Hey, you guys! <laughs> no story that starts this way ever ends well. <laughs> Jehovah, hey, let Jaira. Hey, Mungu wangu. I was dating this piranha. <laughs> hey. Hey. He was a piranha. He was a piranha. So if I'm being very honest, a lot of my money went there. Ah. I was the youngest sponsor. What? My time. The youngest sponsor That's... in Nairobi. Wait, so you got cash and you immediately splurged it on your guy. Now in my in let me tell you, I wasn't like I didn't have the mind to think about um okay, so I need to think about my future as an artist and invest in what uh, and think about my brand saving. and what's the future. I didn't I wasn't thinking about that stuff. Yeah. You know, I was hypnotized with the fact that I see business is coming. It's coming. It keeps coming because it kept coming. Yeah. I have the regulars, I have the what let it keep coming. Yeah. And then on this other hand because I was in uni, my dad was giving me an allowance. So I felt like, oh, I cannot see. Life it. is okay. Life <laughs> is good. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, that was then. That was this then. is now. This is now. Bills. Can you pay my bills? Can my you pay my telephone bills? bills. Can you pay my telephone bills? Hey, 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 Okay, guys. Cook trays, Halis, last year to talk. Ah, Jen. Jen. Jen of all trades. All right. Come on. <laughs> so, that was play, paying allowance. Yeah. And then you, your monies, you are taking to your sweetheart. Hey, I was a sponsor. Can I just say, I think it's so underrated how much women spend on men. <laughs> I think it's so underrated. I think the stereotype has made men feel like, ah, you guys don't, but we fucking do. I swear we do. And mm. I think honestly, well, personally for me, by the time I'm removing a coin, mm. you're my future baby daddy. I don't remove coin for Hello? nothing. Hello? Can I tell you something? Mm. Secret. Secret. 
Secret. Secret time. I actually, I don't know why I'm saying it to this much enthusiasm. I promise if you are the subject of this story, I'm not really enthusiastic about it this much. <laughs> But uh, I actually once broke up with a guy because he started crying about how his mom had stopped giving him money. You guys, I looked at him and he was chewing popcorns. So if you know... <laughs> <laughs> he was chewing popcorns if you're that saying, guy yo you know my mom has even my mom has discontinued the funds she's not even like giving me money anymore and then he now wants to start looking emotional do you know what I did I told him my friend I'm sorry and don't get me wrong this guy had money mm. like he actually told me I'm gonna buy your phone because you don't text me enough But he did try hello. to say that he's hello. <laughs> he did try to say that his mom doesn't give him enough money and me I was Seriously? like Seriously? Uh-uh. No. We can't live like this. We can't live like this surely. But I honestly think that um let me not say women spend but I think this generation people really splurge on each other. But you you are out there splurging youngest sponsor in Nairobi. Me, I have just one song to sing. Uh-huh. A scrub is a guy thinks it's fine and really truly went it really truly went and <laughs> clown shit oh my god clown shit clowns hey. clown academy hey, hey. 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 residents at the local saka wow wow <laughs> sakas and sarakasi mm. okay so which was very unfortunate because looking back right now knowing what i know now and being where i am right now yeah. i feel like i could have mm. done a lot more for my brand Yeah. from way back it's been five years right from 2015 yeah. mm-hmm. okay end of 2015 so right now basically five years a few yeah. months yeah when is your career anniversary damn i would say october october of 2015 was that your first gig not gig eh. that was the first time i I went into my first class at Saudi Academy. That was, Saudi Academy was my first was step. your launching pad for your career. Oh, Saudi Academy. Yeah. Shout out to Saudi Academy. My first gig was as a background vocalist with Jambi Kwekai. Oh. Mm. Okay. You know. So, um this is in first year. Right now you're in sixth year. Yeah. So this was 2015. Fast forward back to today. Mm-hmm. What would you tell your younger self career-wise? Like in terms of your career, what's the one thing you'd go back and say, "Yo, do this ASAP" or like, "Don't do this ASAP"? Like music career? It, like general in terms of your work ethic or your just professional life? Um, I would say one, you are enough. Yeah. You are. So accept yourself and go. Go as you are. Just the way you are vile uko just go. Yeah. Number one. number two. Be selfish. Mm. Be selfish. Yeah. Think about yourself number one. Mm. Which is an extremely hard 
thing to do. But yeah. I think it's, it's Especially when you're young. Mm-hmm. You know? When you're young, when you have so many things around you, distracting you, telling you, aha, uh-huh, you know, help me out with this, do this, or... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, so much noise. Yeah. But be selfish because at the end of the day, you and your brand are on this journey alone. Yeah. Alone. There's nobody else with you on this journey. Yeah. And even if there's someone else, no one can be able to encompass. Hey. 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 English. Or She's Hanastan. Hey. No one can even actually grasp. Yeah. No one has the context that you have. You're the one who's standing up for yourself. Yeah. So be selfish yeah. with everything, with your money, with your time. Yeah. Build your craft. Girl, learn that guitar. Build your craft. Okay, let's go to that. Because I feel like a lot of um legends at mm. this point complain that people in this generation aren't as focused on building craft. They're focused on building clout. And so it's almost like popular means good instead mm. of good meaning popular. And so how would you say you, what's your process like? Like in terms of building your craft, right? Your craft is music, right? Yeah. Apart from identifying the specific thing you do, what else helps you build your craft? Apart from, let's say, identifying what it is you're doing and how often you need to do it. Do you feel like there are some a bit more subliminal, ha? Hey, English. Hey, shake it, Paris. Hey, Shatara Baba. Hey, a dead top. My English dead top, way past chop. You have read. You have listened. All right. So, are there any like subtle aspects of building your work ethic that you feel people look out for that you think, like, I can tell you one. I think. People look for how much of an extra mile you're willing to go. Mm-hmm. So if you are given point A to B, do you really go to point C? Mm. If it does it really mean that much to you? Mm. So perseverance, resilience, and actually going mm. the extra mile to me is something that is very secret about mm. the industry. So what else do you feel like? Just regardless of the industry, what else do you feel like is very key for building a craft? Well, one of the things that I have noticed, and honestly, I could be wrong, and I always put this disclaimer because I understand that I'm still on a journey learning things. Right. But where I'm at right now, I think that your brand is everything. Mm. And that's why for so many people out there, famous or recognized or getting money or whatever, sometimes it doesn't really matter how talented you are. Yeah. It's how smart you are and how you've made your networks and how you've marketed yourself and how you've pushed yourself and what angles you've taken, how you studied your market, all that stuff, which is business. It's not art. It's not what the strong suit is, what my, you know, my thing is. Yeah. And it's a whole other ballgame. But at the same time, recently I came to meet a bunch of, um, Musical, People. let me say, genius. Hey, genius, genius, genius. Uh huh, genius. No, we're going with it. <laughs> we are so lit. Can That's I just say, I'm so lit. lit right now. If mm-hmm. we say genius, it's genius. Okay, so you are meeting. What uh-huh. did you do? You are meeting music <laughs> genius. 
And I realized that maybe I've been living in this bubble where I feel like my brand or how big or how how much I market is more important than how I build my craft. Because I, I that's what I thought. I thought at some point during quarantine, I thought, yeah, damn, okay. It doesn't really matter if you're talented as hell. Because we all, I think both of us know some guys so talented. <laughs> I'm so lit. I feel like both of us know people who are so talented. So talented. But they've just not pack- packaged themselves the right exactly. way. Exactly. How, what's your brand and how have you pushed it? How have you marketed yourself? Because yeah. that's how you elevate. And so I got consumed in that and I decided to build this brand. Right. And I kind of neglected my whole musical prowess and building right. that. But, you know, and Your I think, ethos. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the literal bare minimum, right? It's yeah. like the foundation and then Like Beyonce. Right now, we can say Beyonce is by far the biggest brand in the world. Mm. But look at the core of it. It's actually her craft. That exactly. lady can sing and sing. And even exactly. if you look like look at Frank Sinatra, Bob Marley, all these Come people on. are like bingwas. They're like pioneers at their mm. field. But you cannot deny the level of their exactly. talent. Exactly. The prowess is there and it's yeah. magnificent. Yeah. And now I think boy like fast forward to right now, today, this moment. Yeah. I've come to realize that what I have been trying to do is do it as a one woman show. Mm. You know? And it boils down to so many things. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. I'm not wealthy as hell. Yeah, you can't I'm, afford the resources you're actually trying exactly. to implement with your perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And so because Ooh. I need a team yeah. and I can't afford the team that I want, yeah. I'm just like, let me do it on my own then. But I'm not capable physically, practically. Yeah, yeah. even mentally. Mentally and even skillfully sometimes. Yeah. To do it myself, it gets tough and it's, it's like, okay, so how do I diversify? That's me, right now. I've re, I've reached a point where I've realized I need a team to do all of this for me, yep. all of it, so that I can sit down and focus on the bare minimum, yeah. which is the creative process. Because I've tried to be everything. You know, Sauti So can I think? Can I tell you something? Mm. And I'll say this about Sauti So. First of all, the one. And I'm saying it officially on the record. Mm. I told David Murithi. Mm-hmm. I told him the one group or brand I never want to interview mm. is Saudi Soul because I will see them and say, ha, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> "I will not speak. I will not be articulate. Mm. I'm sorry, guys." I like your clothes. And you know those guys are our childhood. Me and you are the same age. Those are our childhood crushes. Mm. Guys, imagine interviewing your childhood crush. Imagine that. I prompt you for a second. And then your musical crush. Come on. Exactly, actually. Mm. So me, I'm not saying anything but BN. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But I was saying. (laughs) (laughs) That one I will answer later. But anyway. (laughs) Next question. Next question, please. (laughs) Clink, yeah. clink, please, Emma. <laughs> clink, clink. There you go. Now, mm-hmm. 
This is so fun. This is so fun. So I love it. I feel like that thing of building a team. I can, I can actually name some people in Saudi Soul's team. Mm. I can name some people in Beyonce's team. Mm. I can name one person in Burner Boy's team. Mm. But I once watched Shoma Josie Shoma Josie perform three years ago. Did you know she was performing in Kenya three years ago? I didn't know that. Do you know she came with a whole team, a stylist, a group of dancers. I think she came with like an assistant. She came with video people. Mm. She works with her team. And I realized in this world where people are do it yourself, do it yourself. Mm. First of all, you have to remember that anything you do yourself, especially as a creative, you fall prey to the fact that you have only your perspective. Exactly. That is the biggest exactly. problem. Not even not even at uh, focusing on the creative process mm. it's having that extra perspective i'm here with the i was telling you guys we have a studio audience member so mm. this is yeah this has looked at so many things and say hope no <laughs> hope had you. No, no 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 see no, this no. was supposed to be stupid and she, that was the aim stupidity mm. and she holds me accountable to the stupidity you're trying to maintain mm. so even accountability and that diversification of perspective is very important. That's true. And it's the same thing with the whole deck situation I told you about. Right. Oh, As one yeah. person, you only see things a certain way. Very myopic. Exactly. True. Very true. You are myopic. Yeah. <laughs> hey. I was telling you guys it is called hey. English. <laughs> Basically, it's called English. <laughs> English. I'm so sorry. I apologize. <laughs> You guys, the problem with this is it's my first guest and she's already drinking water. You guys know, by the time you're drinking water, it's bad. I mean, I'm only drinking water because we finished the bottle. That's the only Actually, reason. we did. We finished a whole we bottle. Finished the bottle. And as I said, it's okay if family companies don't want to sponsor the podcast. But Leleshua Mara. There are some Stellenbosch uh, vineyard type of companies. Hello. 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 Hello, Hello actually. <laughs> but anyway, so, Emma, so we've spoken mm-hmm. a bit about just the best, uh, be- beginning points of your career, yes, right? Yes. There's a min- midpoint and we are kind of running out of time. And, for, you know, Emma and I, we can talk. Tunaponka. Hey, hey. no, we can actually do part one, part two. If you want to stretch it. Now, what do we, we can do? can do two episodes. But for now, let's just see where it takes us. Mm-hmm. So, you're reaching this mid-level in your academic career. Yeah. And architecture really is like one and a half academic careers, right? Mm-hmm. To be fair. Yeah. So, in doing all this, in I would look at you as someone who is has a day job, which is your architecture career, mm-hmm. and someone who has like a side hustle, which is your music. But music is big enough for it to actually be like you working two jobs at the yeah, same yeah. time. I don't think about it as a side hustle. Not at all. How, what has kept you going all the, you've been doing this for five years. Man, what has kept me going? Initially, it was the uncertainty of whether I want to do A or B, whether I want to do music or architecture. So there was that uncertainty. And I used to say, I used to tell myself, like, okay, I'm not sure if I want to eventually do architecture or music. So in case I choose architecture or music, let it be that when I choose, they're both excellent. Right. Which is very difficult to achieve. You know? Yeah. 
And I really struggled with that, um, with architecture. I struggled with it because it got to a point where it became less about creativity. It was more about structure. Right. And so it was hard to put my mind, to wrap my head around it, nini, nini. And eventually I did. And then I realized at some point, yo, why not do both of these things? Who told me? Who said? Who said I can't thrive? Who said I can't be? amazing in both yeah and i know that it's difficult to thrive and be excellent in in a multi in multiple things but i was like let it be that i tried and i failed yeah you know not that i didn't try at all yeah and that's where i'm at right now i'm like let me finish because i had the option of, of stopping at fourth year yeah and so after fourth year, I was like, no, let me go on. So that eventually after, you know, after the struggle and after <laughs> all those years, I can register myself and say, I'm an architect. I'm architect Emma Ceruto. Right. And I can do my projects and do my things. And at the same time, I'm the brand Emma Ceruto. Yeah. And I'm designing my own stages and Ooh. making things work for myself because that's mm. the dream for me. Yeah. I want to be... You're like a visionary. I want to go into stage design for myself. Right. God willing, if 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 I'm able to do it for other people, that would be great. Mm -hmm. And it would be an honestly, it would be there. They'd be very lucky. You know. Yeah. Maybe revolutionize what stage design is like in Kenya or Africa, or Africa, or Africana in the Afroverse or the world. Uh -huh. The world. The world. <laughs> the world. You know, that's yeah. a dream. And I believe that nothing is by mistake or by chance. Yeah. And if I have this gift in both of these things, yeah. then let me explore and see where it's going to take me. So that's what I'm doing. I'm exploring. Kinde. Kinde, kinde. Let's go. <laughs> Let's I love go. that. I love yeah. that. A lot of people feel like they have to choose one thing. Yeah. And so it's very refreshing. To see someone who's doing both very well. In fact, my I just recently chose my slogan. Okay. A brand. Hey. And my slogan is, I am not one thing. Ooh. Not just a thing. You know, I'm not, not one just thing. one thing. Come on. You're a polymath, Kwakweli. Yeah. Define what a polymath is for us. Eh, eh, allow me to go to Google because Miriam the way, Webster is she the way Mudoni drama queen defined it I cannot define it the same way Mudoni a polymath so Emma describes herself as a polymath mm -hmm. as we wait for the description so this is the description a person of wide knowledge or learning mm. a person who is capable of wide knowledge of learning or learning right Mm -hmm. An individual whose knowledge spans a substantial number of subjects, known to draw on complex bodies of knowledge to solve specific problems. Basically, not one thing. Ooh, and that's a slogan. Come on. Come on. Hello? Let's go. You guys, I love that we have an Africana da Vinci here with us, <laughs> an aeronautical <laughs> engineer and a painter. <laughs> You are a technician you know, and, and you are an artist. You know, Hope is, a, is one of the first people to actually purchase my art. One of the first? Mm, you're number two. Do you know why I purchased your art? Come on, tell me. 
this is a secret industry secret here so <laughs> for those of you guys who might not know one of my icons is joseph murumbi mm-hmm. he is a artist and a collector mm-hmm. he was also the i think second or third fi- vice president of kenya okay a lot of the art in national museum is uh, gifts that he was given just in his career by ethiopians by Sorry. people from the yoruba tribe from fulani tribes here and they are just you know casually Yeah. He's one of my icons because I do resonate with that type of personality. Mm. And oh, he didn't buy art based on just what he felt, but also based on where he thinks the artist would be. Mm. You know how there are people who buy land? Mm. I buy art. I didn't invest in your art. I invested in you. Ali Atawala. <laughs> Hey! Koropa, 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 hey! Porokoto, porokoto, hey! Tari, papa, hey! Oh, baby, asha, achikude, hey! Pum, pum, asha, amisha, asha, asha, hey! No, but for real, the number of times my partner has had me say, babe, these paintings on the wall will be so much more in 50 years. You have no idea. Because this girl will go on and be a legend. And for you to say you have a painting or this it's like Ivy Park for Beyonce those will be collectors items. I didn't invest the, first of all you're a good artist you know so it helps. But the fact that you are so multidisciplinary you know even uh, me I'm a polymath even you guys audience Don't members hi guys even me I was an architect for a semester <laughs> but math and physics ah they did what they do. Yes zilishika Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I think it's very important to invest in artists. Personally, um I'm I can't say I'm wealthy, right? But when I do find money, I I do have people say to me, "Hajir, you're not tempted to spend money." For me, I don't spend. But when I spend, I don't do one of at here 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 there. When I spend, I make sure it's a treat. Mm. One of my first splurges was also on your work. Help you. You are helping me on my investment. Are you hearing? Are you hearing yeah. that? But hey. it's it's anytime. Anytime, babe. Wow. Because I think it's very important. You just keep doing what you do. I'm also a painter. Are you serious? I didn't know. Yeah. I'm a painter. Come on. I'm a painter. I love you. And a painter, Kwakweli. So I think it also helps me understand art. Uh it's also one of the reasons I did architecture. But I think mm. can I ask you a question? So I had to choose between my art life and my I do political science and economics as we're recording this. I'm in my third year, but after four gap years, so I I'm three years older than my peers, let me see. Um I had to choose Number one, because there was the notion that you can't be good at two things. Mm, of course. But also, I had to choose because of stress. Mm. There's this stress for young people right now that you have to do everything. Everything it takes to make your money. You're in college right now, eh? And I'm also in college. Both of us, I think, know those two, three students who've done whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Especially for grades, eh? <laughs> hey. And if you're listening and you've had to do that, I mean, it's, no judging. Okay. Yeah, it happens, you know. 
Yeah, we've had to choose. I personally, I chose. And then I had this YouTube channel that people kept texting me and saying, Hope, you'd never upload, but I need you to know. I had to go back and watch this video just because I miss your content. So strong winds blew me here. And so I'm back to doing what I've always originally done, which is digital media. But in terms of doing all that, so you've had to balance both of these. And now you're at a point where you're in a post-COVID world. Yeah. How did COVID affect your career? Because I have seen you on the internet bloom in terms of finding your digital brand and yeah. voice. Yeah. But I also know probably gigs were affected. So how have you dealt with the corona shock? So for me, mm. um, I released my first ever project, what my debut mm. the day before. COVID was announced in Kenya. So it was on 12th March. I released it on 12th March. I was like, yeah, yeah, shift happens. Now yeah. my first project, my debut, Emma Chiruto yeah. is here. 13th. Yeah. First case of coronavirus in Kenya. I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, so like, so like, uh-huh. you going to do me like that? So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and the next week we were shut down. By the next week. And that meant that, you know, there's usually like a blueprint of how you're supposed to market yourself, right? Yeah. When you release something. And that was out the window. Because you're supposed to do studio. Yeah. Media tour. Media tour. Yeah. Live shows, all that stuff, performances. And that was all out the window. Yeah. And so for me, I was sitting down and thinking, okay, so now. Yeah. And I didn't actually have a moment to think, okay, let me strategize and write in my notebook. But I said, you know what? (laughs) This is my personality. This is my social media. Mm. Let me just post and interact and see if people are going to resonate with me. Yeah. And I was very privileged to to have that at a time when for three, four weeks, everyone was literally just at home. Yeah. Consuming content. Yeah. Doing nothing. So it's else. like you had a ready audience. Ready audience. Mm. And I did that and I pushed, I pushed, I pushed. And then I realized that people don't like seeing content that was made to be pushed. Yeah. Like posters or like branded stuff or I don't know. Mm. And so I decided, okay. And with help from my partner. Yeah. Um, he was like, how can we figure out a way yeah. to make people listen, to, to grow your page? Yeah. Because if at all, we're not selling this album, yeah. how can we at least grow your brand? Yeah. So that come the next one or come the time when you're looking for sponsorships or collaborations or And whatever, your numbers have to speak. Exactly. You have something worth your... Yeah, and we came up with this thing called Shift Happen Sessions. Yeah. Which was just this this weekly thing of me just singing, yeah, and trying to make and make sure the audio is good as good as it can be yeah. using my phone because I didn't have I don't have equipment or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. And I did that, and I kept going, and things worked out. Mm. A, a weekly consistent thing kind of helped me grow my online presence, which made me feel like. Mm. I have some form of leverage in terms of being a brand, quote unquote. 
Like I I kind of have some input. Like I felt I felt like mm. I'm growing. Yeah. Not just in my musical or whatever, but in my in the sense of being a brand. Yeah. Sense of being you know, Emma Chiruto. You know, which which was really important to me because as we said, like mm. I came to realize at some point, which I may be wrong, yeah, that sometimes it doesn't even matter how much talent you have. Yeah. It's just how much of a brand you are, you know. And that's the sick thing though. That's the sick thing about even any anything that you choose to do freelance or yeah. independent or yeah. creative. But then that's about being smart. Mm. Because a lot of people will work hard and their talent will get them to high places in 10 years mm-hmm. versus people who choose to work smart and their talent whatever talent they have gets them to where they want to go in 2 years. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that right now like mm-hmm. so right now it is January 2021 mm-hmm. a post corona world yeah. where we're all trying to grapple with the fact that that just happened mm. and we're also trying to rebuild ourselves where everything is back to normal but it's not back to normal but it's not yeah. so how are you feeling right now and how are you what are your what are you seeing i saw a meme that says stop asking me what i've seen for 2021 hey. i have just arrived surely i have surely. just gone through the most why are you surely. asking me but For real, for real though, like for you as a as an artist, you know, you guys helped us survive 2020. Man. So how are you feeling about this these coming years after this type of pandemic? Honestly, I'm really just looking forward to building my portfolio and whatever comes along with that. Yeah. Because I know that you can't possibly visualize how much, how how your years are going to be. Yeah. Like you can only plan but you can never really grasp what yeah. it's going to be like and I'm really looking forward to it because I have hope. Amen. <laughs> mm. I have hope. Hallelujah. Mm. I have some kind of assurance in my heart which is very sounds very dream like to say because mm. what do you mean in your heart? But a lot of the things that I do I do because I feel them strongly. That And that's good. That's the only reason you should do such you know Emma you can reach heights. Period. And so if you're trying to reach that you need heart because mm-hmm. how many musicians are there? Can you even count? But yeah. we all know the ones who are at the top honestly you can feel their soul. Mm. True. And unless there's this pop artist who maybe lacks that specific thing where that honestly just shoving the yeah. song down your throat yeah. apart from that honestly the people who've maintained mm. are people with soul i always ask myself why isn't ti as big as jz mm. and it's because there's a certain level of intellect yeah. wit and a certain level of passion i mean no shade to ti passion. ti is amazing. amazing but it is suspicious as to how he's not as big as jz and the likes apart from talent mm. But then people like Nipsey who I found out about honestly when he passed away which is a very very daring confession me too actually I, oh so I'm not the only one well may his soul rest in peace but I've I honestly till today I've not had any of his songs but I can tell you so many things I've heard from him down from generational wealth mm-hmm. to making sure that you 
you know, you re-enfranchise yourself and your generation to also making sure that you empower your community first. So, yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying that. But I was saying that for you, you know, getting where you want to go, getting where you want to go, you have to have the soul in it. Otherwise, it's true. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. You know, and so for me, I'm really looking forward to, I'm so, I feel like my life is going into a chapter, a new chapter mm. right now. Um, And for me, I know it's the whole post-corona world right now. Yeah. But for me, I feel like it's post-shift happens, like post my EP, what's wow. next. Okay. And I'm so hopeful. I'm really looking forward to the music that I will make. I'm looking forward to the collaborations, to the heights. I'm looking forward to all of that because it's not happened yet, yeah. but I know it's going to happen. Yeah. I know that I'm going to create such amazing music yeah. and I can't wait for it. Yeah. You know? Mm. And, and you know, it doesn't make me feel nervous Yeah. because, I don't know, there's some sense of security. Can I ask you a question? How do you deal with stage fright? Because I don't perform Ooh. in front of audiences, but sometimes I have a project due or a deadline or something. But for you to perform in front of so, how do you deal with stage fright? Eh? Just the I think the worst part of stage fright for me mm. is the before part. Right. I hate it when I have to wait for a certain amount of time. Like, like for example, mm. if I'm like the fourth in the lineup, mm. yeah, and I'm waiting backstage from now. From the performer number two. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there. Those ones for okay, I'm, yeah. I'm coming. My turn is coming. And so the and it's like a tick-tock, tick-tock. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so you feel that, you feel it. Yeah. And it's crazy. I'm. Uh, what happens is my tongue gets really hot. Hey, 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 hey. My tongue gets yes, have so you had hot. that? Her tongue gets hot. Oli, uli mimoto. Did you guys hot. ever think that was possible? Let me ask and you my listener. I don't mean like hot. Has hot your tongue like ever been hot before? But it feels hot in my brain. <laughs> Wait. Her <laughs> tongue feels hot in her brain. Well, it, yeah, if it happens, I it happens. I don't know how to explain that, but it mm. does. And mm. then my knees, all my limbs just get really weak. Oh, no. And I'm just like... So you actually go through it. And this is this is what she does for fun. You guys, man, this is what you do for fun. And it still has that effect on you. So it's normal then. Once you walk onto the stage Mm. and you realize that all these people out there, all their energy is focused towards you. Yeah. And not just energy, but expectation and love. Mm. That feeling, that energy, it sounds so quote-unquote walk <laughs> right or whatever but that energy focused all of all of those people focused yeah. up towards you mm. there's nothing like it there's nothing do you trust that your audience loves you do you feel like that's a huge component of it because i think a lot of people who have performance anxiety they don't have that trust that their audience or their qualifiers necessarily value them that much um well Today, um, because of the whole corona thing and I haven't had a performance in a long time, I don't remember if my audience loves me or not. Wow. But I don't even think it's about love. Mm. I think it's about expectation and focus. Right. They're all 
focused and expecting something from you. Yeah. And so when you stand there mm. and all they want you to, to do or to be is yourself. Mm. That's insane because they take you as you are. And uh, the audience is also quite hard sometimes because yeah. it's like eh, sometimes you can be doing your all and doing the most and they're just looking at you like eh eh I I can't imagine <laughs> for a musician that's the time you're swinging your hips and your neck is well, doing wheel wheel and they look at you like <laughs> oh uh huh what's next oh no but the thing about people it's mm. the same way if I connect to you yeah and you feel my connection mm. and it's genuine mm. you'll enjoy mm. it yeah And so you be your genuine, authentic self mm. on that stage, or be true and honest in that moment. And I promise you, they feel it. And once they feel it, mm. that energy that they exude yeah. from themselves to you as a collective yeah. is nothing that matches it. And you find yourself being things that you may not even be, yeah. and things that you never thought you could be. on that stage. And I think that's why sometimes I understand why Beyoncé says she's like yeah she's Beyoncé but like on stage she becomes something else. She's Sasha Fierce. Mm. Because that thing can transform you. Yeah. It can make you feel like you can do anything. Mm. You know, it's It's, it's very transcendental. Yeah. That's beautiful. And you it's know, very hard to explain. a lot of people today suffer from performance anxiety. Because mm. for you, it's on stage, right? <clears throat> As a musician. For someone else, it's in the, okay, well, God forbid for this, but someone else, it's in an operating room. Mm. Or on, the, on driving. I actually yeah. fear driving. Mm. I clinically fear driving. Have you ever tried driving in these Nairobi streets? My friend, it's not a joke. have you ever tried driving in Nairobi? Gero, Gero. It's called matatu culture for a reason, not matatu and civilian mm. culture. No, honestly, and I think even driving in Lagos is known to be equally as hectic, hectic, and also like it's just so full of life. Like you have to be extra alert. You can't mm. be sleepy. Just you know. And even driving in Mumbai, I know Mumbai is one that's known to be very electric, so to speak. But a lot of people suffer from performance anxiety, Emma. That's why I'm asking because a lot of people don't know how to navigate the idea of knowing they're supposed to go make this presentation, and this presentation can either make or break your career. You know that it hurts. And for us growing up in a social media world, you see people become memes out of their failures. Mm. You see people become, you know. cautionary tales out of their failures you see people become things that are supposed like just don't try that for your own mm. safety so hearing from you how you deal with performance anxiety is very interesting because it's like a certain level of trust but yeah. there's also that level of you go through a almost like a a supernatural experience where you kind of you tap into your supernatural side yeah do you feel like it's possible for any like none artistic i think like i there's nothing like a creative i think i think you can be a creative engineer i think you can be a creative teacher so we can't say for creative careers you know so let me say for artistic careers for non artistic careers do you think there's any way to combat performance anxiety like also considering the fact that architecture has that technical element to it 
I think it usually boils down to self-belief. Because you can have anxiety, but at the end of the day, what is that bare minimum? Your bare minimum is that you're dope as hell. And if you don't believe that, then the anxiety is going to follow you wherever you go. And if you are in dope as hell, because sometimes we know when we're not dope. You know. And if you aren't, the question to yourself is, okay, fine, I'm not. How can I be? How can I be my best? Because the truth is, at any given point, there's always someone who's better than you at what you're doing. Whether it's in Holland or Sudiwea or what. There's always someone who's better than you at what you're doing. So in yourself, be your level best for yourself. Yeah. And if you're not, then think about being the best for yourself in that particular time. Yeah. Because you'll always grow and you'll always progress and you'll always look back and say, eh, eh two years ago I was, uh, <laughs> I thought I was my best, but nilikuwa na choma. Yeah. not okay. Yeah. You know, and so I think uh artistic non artistic what um fields it's the same thing be your best because if you know that you are your best not the best but your best mm. you'll be able to have confidence in yourself you'll be yeah. able to say that okay fine there's a reason why I'm in this room at this time I'm the person for this I've been brought into this room at this particular time for a, for a certain reason and so I'm enough in this one moment. Wow. And that's all. That's enough. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, and then the rest, you know, the devil will just come and say, eh, uh-huh. you Commercial are not break. enough. <laughs> hey, 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 you hey, can kill doubt, the woman. Doubting Thomas, anyone. Hey. You know, doubt is a huge component of being in this generation. Because mm. I think a lot of people also struggle with something called imposter syndrome. <laughs> did i hit the nail on the head hey, how do you do you, do you struggle with imposters let's define it okay what what's your understanding of imposter syndrome hey <laughs> so for me yeah imposter syndrome for myself is when i am who i am right mm. and then i go into a space where Everybody is either at a certain level or a certain thing that's different from who I am. Right. And they're all united in that. Okay. Either they are elevated and they're at a different level than Mm. I am. Mm. And so I feel like, damn, I don't deserve to be here. Or Mm. they are just different from who I am. Yeah. So, but they're united in that. Like they're all the same. Oh, so it's like you feel like an other. Mm Mm-hmm. You feel almost like uh, stigmatized exactly. for just being by yourself. For being who I am. Yeah. And so like, okay, what am I doing here? But the fact is that the reason you're there is because your craft has, bought, has brought you there, right? Mm. But That's you true. still feel that, that, that thing for, eh, I'm not supposed to be here. You know what you've made me realize? That isolation is actually like a prerequisite of uniqueness. Mm. You're always operating in a vacuum. Exactly. Okay. All right. Come on. And philosophy. So, philosophy. <laughs> and so when you're talking about being in a room with people who are, you know, as an artist, you tend to engage with people who are often very established. Mm. 
and not just established, but they've been doing it for a long time, maybe yeah. longer than you've been, such that if you're at the same level, that's their upper hand. How do you deal with um, looking up to people, but at the same time competing with them? Wow, that's very interesting. So I don't think about it from where I am. If I'm looking up to you and I feel like you're in a place where I am not, mm. I don't think about it as competition. Because what is competition? It's a contract construct that was made by our 844 system. It's a very capitalist. Yeah. It has to be a number one, a number two, a number three, a number, you know, yeah. why? But I think about it as, okay, I'm here now. Mm. I've looked up to you for so long and now we are here in the same room. One, it means that I have some value for me to be here. Yeah. And then two, what can I get from you? What can I learn from you? You know, what is it that I can gain from this experience? Oh. You so know. it's not like competition. It's just like collaboration, let me say. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Because, of course, there's that instinct of, ha, we are competing. You are my rival. Uh-huh. But that's just something that's been drilled into us because that's what we've been taught that there is. It's like, even for them, even for those people who are in those positions, it's like, eh, let's, they look at young people as threats, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. They look at young people as people who are coming to take their jobs and their positions. Um, Before Emma goes, she told us a bit about her career, a bit about her, her, um, Actually, a lot about her career and a lot about your philosophy, right? You've mm-hmm. told us a lot about your philosophy. And so, as some of you may know, and I need you all to know, is that Emma has an EP called Shift Happens. It has mm-hmm. five? Eight. Eight. Eight songs. Come on. Eight songs. I know intro, interlude, mbaka, the last mm. one, which is called Circles. Circles. You see, at least I knew the order. <laughs> Thank God. So, Nice Guy is actually mm. my favorite. And I would say... Loki usually the firstborn is usually the favorite child because it's your first love. Nice Car was the first um, song I heard. And we talked a bit about your process in an IG Live I did. But do you mind like summarizing like what that EP means for you? And uh, for those of you guys who are listening, I'll put the links in the description box for you guys to have a listen to her beautiful music. Do you mind telling us a bit about the process so that people know exactly what they're getting? So funny. When I approached my producer to do one of the, I wanted to just do one song. Yeah. Because the finances were saying, you do hey. one song. Yes. <laughs> Nico so, Bad. Nico Bad. And so I went there to do one song. And then, I don't know, one thing led to another. And then I was just, now we had eight songs. What? And for each and every song, there was a different process. So there were some yeah. that I had brought on from my previous, like I'd written previously, yeah. and some that I wrote right there in the studio. Right. So like Nice Car, I had written previously. And it came to me when I was in Two Rivers Mall. What? Literally outside the Kafu. Um, mm. Outside the Kafu, there's like uh, games. Arcade. Like, 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Amnesia sells like games or something. Oh, okay. And I was literally right there and a melody just came to me. Me, I think it was just God given because I don't know where it came was from. Was it the progression? Because the progression is so... In- okay, let's 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 kind of sing that one. So it... Okay, I've spoiled it. Okay, just sing it afresh because I've realized I have actually diluted the impact. <laughs> Of that investment. <laughs> okay, so what is... Inanza, what's the first note? Okay. Okay, one, two, three, and go. Ooh! I don't know, but I know it's you that I came for. I'm going with you. And that's the only thing Ooh. that came to me in I that place and that's what hooked me from the beginning really that's good that and that progression come on i don't know where it came from but it didn't come from me you know there's this quote uh from jordan peterson that i think it's jordan peterson as well but i'm not sure that talks about how creatives can never explain their genius and i found mm. that so beautiful and that kind of makes me believe in mm. like a higher being no that's agenda true. no judgment you do your thing but i actually love that so like it just happened i was literally walking and yeah. it just the melody just came Da-dum. And what I did, I took my phone and I just recorded it. Yeah. And that time, around that time, I was rehearsing with my band for African Novo. Oh, I remember that one. Eh, eh, eh. Okay. Memories. Come on. All right. (laughs) Flashbacks. Uh Hey, flashback. That's so raven. (laughs) The circles. Mm. Hey. The circles. Uh So, I remember taking it to my band and... I didn't take the song because I wanted to perform it. I told yeah. him, hey, yeah. guys, there's this interesting melody that's come to me. Abu just listen. Yeah. So I just sang it dun, 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 for them. And this one guy called Kimani, who I still Yeah. Sorry, I still play with still today. He, he was Isaac, playing the bass for me. I love his work. He's, He's amazing. amazing. He's good, good. Right? Yeah, he is. And he's like, we are doing the song at African Ubu. I'm like, the song has is not written. There's, yeah, there's no song. Yeah. And he's like, we'll write it now. I'm like, no. Wow. I need to sit down with it. He's like, okay, let's give you a progression then. And that's how, and they came up with um the key pre-chorus, the chorus part of it. The, dun, dun, the higher part. Da, da, now. So like the chord progression. And then my work was now to go home mm. and write. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the song, because I didn't have enough time to write to it, it was literally like a week or so before Africa Novo. For the longest time, those lyrics were very undeveloped. I even performed it with undeveloped lyrics. Yeah. It was only when I was um recording my EP when I wow. realized this um. I'm not okay with this lyrics. I need to rewrite. And I sat down with Suzia. Oh, okay. And she helped me rewrite. Because when you've been singing a song a particular way for so long, yeah. you need a brand new perspective. You need a fresh, like, fresh perspective. Exactly. That's true. So Suzia actually helped me rewrite it. Right. And make it whatever it is right mm. now. Which is amazing. Come it's on. It's just amazing. 
It's, it's honestly the reason also that I loved the song, and I've never said this. Oh. We've spoken at length about this song, oh. by the way, Cindy. We've spoken oh, at length yeah. about each song in a previous IG live I did. Um, the reason I think I love this song is I think it's the first song I had that actually encapsulated your essence. Mm. So it's like you listen to a song, right? You listen to, let's say, Paukwa Pakawa by Della, or you listen to. First you listen to Coming Home, then Awinja, then you fast forward to Nenda Lote and you see a consistency. Mm. That for me is essence. Mm. So I feel like your future music will obviously be whatever it is. But, there will be. but that thing, and from the knowledge I had of you, that thing captured it. Mm. You know? And I think there's also a certain soul that architects have. You kind of just get someone. Like, if you see their work, you kind of have a window to who they are. Mm. I, honestly, I heard the song and I was like, this is a mark. <laughs> Not the lyrics, nothing, but just the groove just of the song. I wish I could play it. This EP, um, what do you see for yourself in the future? Like, give me, give me short term, long term. What do you see for yourself? Let me give you long term. Short term, not that I don't know, but I'm too flexible about it. Yeah. But long term, for me, I want to mm. perform on big, huge stages, which I've designed for myself. Right. I see an industry in Kenya that has revolutionized to be huge and a movement in Africa. Yeah. And I want to be part of that. Yeah. I want to be a quote unquote pioneer of that. Yeah. Of whether it's um production, like stage production or performance or whatever, because that's my true passion. I love to perform. Yeah. You know. I also see myself transitioning into different markets all over the world, from the yeah. UK to the US. Yeah. To all of that, I see myself having like 10 albums. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds a bit insane, but... No, we're talking long term. So let's... Right? Don't usibaki share, which means do not leave anything behind. And at the same time, I see yeah. myself being an award-winning architect. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like recognized in that field of architecture, recognized in the field of stage production and design, recognized in the field of being an artist in my own right. So what you're saying is that you are a visionary. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of which medium you will use to execute that vision. Exactly. I love it. And there you have it today. Period. On the Afroverse, we have Emma Chiruto. I think this was two episodes. If you're <laughs> listening to this, this is the second part. There's a previous one. Please be sure to go check it out. Um, Emma Chiruto is a longtime friend and I will forever love your work thank you so much for being here thank you please check the description box to see some of her songs to see some of her work I will also link below the paintings that I have personally purchased so that you can see some of the work that she does and as a being in the Afroverse thank you so much for being here your work is contributing towards the stories that people like us have to tell And so, without further ado, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.